Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary contexts, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast, uh, we're talking about some follow-up on uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 10, 23 through 25, I think. I think. Off the top of my head. I can't, can't remember <laughs> specifically, but... Um, and lots of things. It was a shorter sermon because we had all kinds of different things, so right. I'm sure there's a lot left on the table, so let's uh, let's start talking about it. There is a lot left on the table. Um, yeah, it was Confirmation Sunday, which is an awesome, awesome day, um, and as I began to write the sermon, um, just more and more and more and more and more things came, <laughs> and, and I had to cut and cut and cut, and... Uh, I felt really badly about that because what we were talking about is why the church. And um, when we look at the fact that the church is the body of Christ, um, you know, that's a really, really important, um, really important um, uh, concept to grasp. Mm-hmm. And um, we have we have so many parachurch organizations, um, and we we kind of lean sometimes uh, towards those organizations and think I'm connected, um, but um, the, but the church is where um, it's not the only place that good things happen. It's not the only time you can hear the word of God proclaimed. It's not the only time that you can um, be sent out in ministry, um, but it is the only place in which we. Uh, celebrate the sacraments. It's the only place, and I guess you can celebrate the sacraments in parachurch organizations. You know, maybe I could be pushed on that. I'm not sure, but um, it, it's the place where we are called um, together in order to uh, live out what um, what Christ has called us to be as as the body of Christ. And so, um, uh, I just I'm just really passionate about that, and and um, and trying to figure out a way to to help people understand um, why that's so important and how to be a part of that. Because we also have a. a a country right now, not just right now, but um, who is um, kind of um, anti-establishment and reluctant to get involved in in uh, organizations. And but this isn't just an organization, you know. This is this is something much bigger than that. Yeah. So two uh, two kind of things come to mind as you're as you're talking. Um, one, the term "body of Christ," which yeah. is kind of used as um, well, we use it a lot, but we, it's one of those things that doesn't have any other kind of analog in culture. So it's right. something that's uniquely Christian. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit, uh, unpack that a little yeah. bit so people yeah. can understand that. And then, um, two, this difference between um, uh, what we consider, you know, the institutional church and the church universal. Is there a distinction? Is there not a distinction? Right. What are those, what are those two things? Right. You know, are right. they the same? Are they different? How different are they? Um, right. But let's maybe go back to the body of that phrase, the body of Christ. What's the what's the scoop on that? Okay. Well, um, um, Jesus said, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Jesus said that we are uh, we are the fulfillment. We are the um, excuse me. I have a frog at my throat, and <clears throat> there's not a cough button here, there's so <clears throat> I'm trying to get that out it's without just, annoying all of you. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. So I was going to say maybe we'll edit it out, but probably not. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, <clears throat> we talk about even, Paul talks about um, that we are the body and there are different parts of the body in terms of spiritual gifts. And um, um, Jesus calls, I'm going all over the place, but I, I promise mm-hmm. I'll wrap this up. Um, um, Jesus calls Peter um, to be the rock on which the church is built. And, and so we're looking at all kinds of analogies in which we live out the mission and the vision and who Jesus is. That's who he gives all authority to is, is the church. And you're right. It's not the institutional church. It's the big church, but, but that happens through individual churches. And when I look at one of the things that I get excited about is uh, our spiritual gifts, because um, each of us is a part of that body, not as Paul says, not all of us is a hand or not all of us is an eye, not all of us is an ear. But if we work together, that that's when amazing, awesome things happen. And um, I've always said that I would love to serve a church in which everyone in the church were using their spiritual gift. I think that would happen until heaven, but um, can you imagine what can happen? And I don't mean um, you know raising a lot of money. I don't mean having exceptional programs. I mean ministering to God's people because everyone is is um, um, in is is fulfilling their call in terms of knowing where they're gifted and uh, willing to use that gift. So um, the body of the body of Christ certainly is the way in which um, uh, God pours His Spirit into us, so that we can then be poured out for others. And He He chose the church to do that. Um, the body of Christ, in my mind, is when we become the hand and the feast, the feet of Christ, mm-hmm. because He's no longer here, mm-hmm. and so He living in us, then we become Him manifested as as we live, walk, and breathe on this earth. Um, when I think about the body of Christ, I think about those things that Jesus did. So reflecting on my own life mm-hmm. as a part of the body, even beyond what spiritual gifts, I, I there, there are some basic things I think that all Christians participate in or need to at least think about participating right. in, whether that's caring for one another, supporting one another, encouraging one another, laughing together, crying together, those kinds of things. The body of Christ in many ways has become inward focused over the last, well, <clears throat> I could get on a soapbox here, the last 60, 70 years uh, as uh, as the church grew. And I'm, I'm going to reflect on the United Methodist Church because mm-hmm. that's where I've been spent not all of my time, but most of my time. As that church grew, we needed to figure out how to take care of the numbers of people, and we became more inward focused. I think the body of Christ has a balance between inward and outward. Absolutely. And so the spiritual gifts are not just for use in the body, but it's for use out in uh, sharing uh, the good news. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those who are lost. That's Mm -hmm. the body of Christ. Right. Um, When he healed... uh, the lame and he healed the blind. That's the body of Christ. When he uh, talked with the woman at the well, who uh, I can never remember whether she had married five or seven times. I always remember she was uh, several times. Uh, yeah, not not married to the person she was. That's the body of Christ. When he interceded for the one about to be stoned, even though rightly she had been engaged in some sinful activities, that's the body of Christ manifested. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there are times when we've done really well with that, and there are times we've not done really well with that. Uh, but again, the body of Christ 
when we function as the body of Christ, it really is a matter of us staying focused and being in Christ himself and Christ being in us uh, rather than us getting off on our own little tangents sometimes. Right. How, how would you um, how would you differentiate uh, this concept of the body of Christ from uh, just a, a normal cultural manifestation of an organization? So how are those things different? What are they? What are the distinctions between the two? Well, an organ I think an organization um obviously it has goals and objectives, but of often the organization exists to support itself. Um uh, the body of Christ is led by something outside of ourselves. Um, it's led by uh, our God who, I mean, Randy and I, as the the um, co-pastors of this congregation, don't make all the decisions here. We go to prayer and, and expect and know that God is going to lead this congregation. And so an, an organization would have a set of, of guidelines, um, Bylaws, they would, and, and we do too. We have our book of discipline, but um, but we aren't led in our ministry by the book of discipline. We are led in our ministry by our God, who um, um, is not sitting at the uh, at the administrative table as CEO or or some other person. Um, we are all expected to be in prayer and allowing our God to lead us. Um, and um, and and I have to admit, we do get into institutional maintenance. We do get into, you know, we spend a lot of money taking care of ourselves. Um, that's, you know, that may be harsh, but it's true. Um, and and the churches that are dying are ones that have gotten so into taking care of themselves that they have not looked uh, outside of, of 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 anything else. Uh, the other, either one of you have an answer on that. I, to some degree, the uh, the church is an organization, much like any other organization that functions. And there's a practical side. There's a a side of vision. There's a side of uh, what we want to accomplish and do. The difference that I see is that the church is the organization manifested on the earth at this point that will have a lifespan that moves beyond beyond this world into the next world. Uh, I belong to some, I have belonged to some uh, civic organizations, whatever they've been, Boy mm-hmm. Scouts, uh, um, you know, uh, Lions Club, but that kind of stuff. Um, there's, there's less eternal significance. There's also... A supernatural dimension uh, uh, to the church that, and you know, the Lions Club I was a part of. We did a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Helped yeah. a lot of kids. Did I mean it was good stuff? But uh, when we talk about the church, there's a there's another dimension to it, and that's a spiritual dimension, um, a heavenly dimension, if you will. Uh, there's something different that drives it. Uh, Boy Scouts, Lions Club, we're, we're driven by ourselves, by our capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the church, there's, uh, I think about uh, the group that met here last night, they talk about it in terms of, of higher power. That mm-hmm. was the uh, AA group that meets. Um, 
we have a higher power. We call him God. That's uh, a part of the nexus of the church that uh, some of the other organizations, uh, I'm well, all of the other organizations, yeah, at least say. in my mind, don't have at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives it a different perspective. It gives it a different drive. Uh, it gives it a different energy, at least for me it does. Yeah, we when we um, – my dad was a Shriner, and he was very passionate about um, the Shriners Hospital for Children. And, and, and you know, I've, I've uh, been there with um, patients, and it, it is an exceptional place. Um, but when Dad would take kids to Shriners Hospital or donate to it, um, it was it was a great great organization doing something for kids. When we um, when we do that in the church, we're doing it in the name of Jesus. Um, it, does it make a difference in the long haul? Um, I don't know if that child recognizes it, um, but I, I think we recognize it. And there's a, just a different kind of dimension. And I'm not saying we're better. Please don't hear me say we're better than those organizations. We're different. No, yeah. I think what I'm trying to kind of get down to, dive down to, mm-hmm. is what what is unique um, about the church in a, in a culture where we seem to have uh, a, a, a ton of organizations that pop up and come and go and are are doing um, honestly great things that are outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, I mean, they a are. lot of they this are. is the age of nonprofits and NGOs, and uh, they are doing, in some sense, the the work that Jesus called people to do. Absolutely. Uh, what is unique about uh, the church, without putting it on some kind of hierarchy that says we're better than you mm-hmm. because we're the church? We've got that card, you know. And I don't think that's what anyone's saying. Um, but is there something at the heart of what the church is that that can't be you know replicated in uh, other kinds of organizations are you saying other than god uh, no well no i'm saying that uh i don't think the church has a lock on god certainly i mean no. as an organization i think any organization when it's run by uh, and um infused with uh, the people of god certainly have that happening mm-hmm. <laughs> in there mm-hmm. i think just by their presence um, but what does the church, you know, uniquely provide uh, to the world that these these things don't? Um, I think it's a good question to to ponder. I don't know that there's a, you know, a quick shoot from the hip answer, which mm-hmm. I think has been you know demonstrated by a kind of the long you know answers and, yeah. and that um, that we've been talking about here. But it's it's something that's a good I think a good practice anyway mm-hmm. you know when you when you think about uniqueness of things what sets this apart you know mm-hmm. what is the the nature of this thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not all it's not just one thing it's not right. a silver bullet um, but it is it is unique I think I'm starting with the understanding that there is an inherent uniqueness in in the church mm-hmm. Um simply because of what you all have said it's been it's been called out by Jesus I mean You're it's right. been established by Jesus and so that means something you know and what does that what does that mean in our day and in our culture um certainly in the history of the church the church has been um kind of at the forefront of organizational uh power mm-hmm. uh, right so to speak i mean they were the ones good and bad sometimes right i mean they were the ones who were good at organizing things right and i think we we have a legacy of that, you know, where we want to organize things, um, but that might not be our main job in this, day, in this day and culture as it, as it was, you know, in uh, the Middle Ages or in the early parts of the Reformation, that that's not 
um, our main uh, job here on earth. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and so what is it, you know, what is unique about um, our situation here in this body of believers? And I think you've hinted on that with um, how are we connected through the gifts of the spirit? How do we, how does that body imagery uh, drive um, who we are, what mm-hmm. we do uh, in our connected state? And so, yeah, it's a, well, and for me too, um, as I was preparing this sermon, I was hit um, uh, again with the um, incredible nature of the church in terms of just its lifespan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, starting with the Hebrew church, you know, I mean, the uh, just the gathering of God's people together. Um, and we've had our highs and lows, and that's okay, because that's that what develops us into um, people who are trying to be at the heart of God's will. But, um, you know, I, I've th- I thought about my own life, and I'm so grateful f- to my parents, and I told them this, for raising me in the church so that I have an entire lifetime in the church. But, oh man, it goes, it goes back so much further and and I don't know of any institution that goes yeah. back that far right and that has that center that um, access that far back mm-hmm. um, it, it, old doesn't make it good but it certainly says something um, to the tenacity of God's people <laughs> um, and and really to God obviously um, mm-hmm. to hold God's people together. Um, in in many different ways, but um, friends, it's just I just think I just find that really powerful that when I worship, I am standing on the ground of centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries, and centuries of brothers and sisters before me, and there's just something really powerful about that. And when I when I hear when I talk with atheists and and um, you know they're poo-pooing um, what this is all about. I I say, could all of those centuries? <laughs> Randy's laughing at my terminology. I'm so yeah. sorry. Um, at, could all of those centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries of people be wrong? Every one of them. Can we all? Could we all have been misled? I mean, really, that's that's a little too much for me to swallow. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, sorry. But but anyway, that just strengthens who I am. And to know that I can pick up a book um, by one of the early church fathers or mothers and um, um, and gain from their insight. I mean, we pick up scripture, obviously, and gain from, um, from all of those writers. But then you go back between the time of scripture and now, and... The numbers of people that we can learn from and that have um, have contributed to the to the incredible life of the church is just it's just right. so cool. Right. That's I mean that's what we mean when we affirm the communion of saints. That's I mean, right. That when when we say that phrase, that's what that phrase means. That's it right. It means that we live in a world where we are in communion with both the living and mm-hmm. The temporarily dead is the way that's the way that I say it, you know, right? Uh, and that they are just as vital and valuable uh, to our formation as uh, anyone that's breathing at the moment. Absolutely, their gift to us is to, uh, I mean, one is to pass down the things that we have that mm-hmm. we take for granted all the time um, that are here because of them. 
uh, and two, to put that into uh, words or pieces of art or cultural expressions that are gifts to us that help us continue to unpack and understand uh, the reality that we live in, even though it is not an exact facsimile of the reality that they lived in. Right. And because we believe that there are things seen and unseen, and we're trying to tap into the unseen right. at this moment. And they're helpful in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're not... It's not passe. They're not unimportant. Um, they're not overly important either. They're not any more important than anyone else. But it's mm-hmm. uh, they, they certainly have a place in uh, the way that we understand the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not uh, disposable. Right. Um, you know, right. You know, which is great. I mean. When I when I also think about um, taking a little bit of a turn here, um, when I think about the church, I've had so many people ask me, um, and this confirmation class, actually, that uh, we just confirmed when I spoke with them, they were asking about different churches and why are there different churches. And, um, you know, obviously, the United Methodist Church doesn't have um, a handle, and we don't, we don't have um, um, the, only, the only truth, you know, and, and if you're not a United Methodist, then, you know, you better, you better forget it. Um, we all we worship differently because we're, there are different people in the world. We believe in different things because there are different ways to read scripture. Um, when when we look at um, at the at the whole church, the big the big church, the big C, the universal church, um, I believe that when we when you put them all in a pot, you have a better picture of who God is than if you pick any one of us out. Um, because because we all see God with our own um, set of lenses, and um, and and so some will say then, well then I don't need a church if the church can't even agree, then I don't need a church, and that's what kind of what I was trying to get to in the sermon, is that yes we really do. Um, we really do need each other. God needs us. Um, and even if our church is imperfect, which of course it is, not just Calvary, but the United Methodist Church, the Protestant Church, uh, the Christian Church, we are imperfect because we are filled with humans who are imperfect. But um, we all have a different perspective to bring. I like to have um, clergy meetings in which there are um, different denominations of clergy so we can talk about um it, it, back in the day when I used the lectionary to preach, um, very often other clergy were using that same lectionary, and it was fun to kind of say, what are you saying from your perspective and in, in, in your denomination? And, uh, uh, you know, we need, to, we need to listen to each other and, and uh, to hear what each other says and know that um, we're all flawed. Um, well, when Paul writes that... Um some are hands, some are feet, some are eyes, some are whatever, ears. Um, that also means that if I'm a hand, mm-hmm. that without somebody else in the body of the Christ, I may not be the ears that I need to be. That's right. Or if I'm a hand, then I may not be the feet, if that makes right. sense without trying to be too complicated with that. I'm not I'm not complete in myself. Absolutely. I'm not complete. If I'm sitting at home and I'm... I, I, you know, I, I'm just thrilled with our, um, with our, um, our app. No, I'm trying to guess. Oh, folks. Um, 
What we do on Sunday mornings with the cameras, my mind is blank. Oh, oh the live stream. The yeah. live stream. I, <laughs> yeah. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday morning that uh, said, we're not going to be here for a number of weeks, but we're going to be with you in the live stream. Mm. And they was talking to me about the schedule of things they needed to do family-wise. Um, that's, uh, I think that's neat that we can do it that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that uh, I'm, I'm not complete. I'm not complete enough that um, without being around and with and physically rubbing elbows with other people and having those personal conversations, I'm not a complete enough person that I will fulfill what God's called me to do without that active presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's one of the, the reasons I come to church, mm-hmm. Uh not because I'm paid to come to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be I'd be sharing Jesus or leading a Bible study if I was driving a truck. Right. Uh, wouldn't make any difference. Uh, I've often thought uh, because I've I've uh, I've thought about I'd like to run semis cross country for ten years. That oh I'd, man! I'd uh, I'd hold the truck stop Bible or worship services on Sunday morning. Just I mean that that's the craziness of my mind. But the reality is, is I'm not complete and nobody is complete unless we're with each other. Mm-hmm. And even then we struggle to be complete. Sure. So. I, where are we going next? Uh, I, no, I, I was just going to say, I think that's the question of the day is what, what does it mean to be uh, present? Yes. You know, and um, uh, certainly that's a, a, a changing kind of uh situation um in our in our culture um you know what i think if we went back you know a thousand two thousand years ago and we asked what does it mean to be present um they would have a different answer than than what we would have today even in a conservative sense of that and so you know as we as we kind of uh you know (laughs) I'm looking for the right word here, but as we continue to figure out what it means to be mm-hmm. human in the 21st century, you know, that's a question that we have to keep asking ourselves and, um, and not to just let other, um, other stakeholders in the conversation dominate the conversation. So technology doesn't get to dominate the conversation. Commerce doesn't get to dominate mm-hmm. the conversation. Uh, you know, uh, liberal arts doesn't get to dominate the conversation. Um, where does the church uh, have a voice in saying what it means to be present to mm-hmm. someone? Mm-hmm. Uh, not not physically. Uh, I'm not talking about being marked present in an attendance right. kind of situation. I'm talking about being present. What does it mean to have your uh, you know full attention and connection right. with someone uh, or a number of people? And I think that's. Uh, but it's the question of the day that everyone's asking. Yeah, I mean, we often talk <laughs> in a general sense of what does the church's presence in your community mean? Um, um, and um, Randy, I think, as a superintendent, used to ask churches, if your church would go away, um, what would the community miss? And often we don't know that answer, um, but we certainly um, – need to understand that we as individuals are a part of that. And I think the problem as the church gets bigger, um, as as Calvary is, as other churches are larger, people, individuals lose the um, um, the understanding that they are a significant part of the church's presence in the community, in the world. 
um, people begin to think, I come, I slip in and out of church and nobody necessarily notices or cares. Um, but we, you know, I hate to, to be cheesy, but the song, I Am the Church, we really are. Um, each of us is a part of that. And I think that we have sometimes given up that responsibility in terms of, of who we are as, as a part of the church. Not that we have to have an office in the church. But um, uh, but all of us um, as Christians are are a part of the sending out of of Christ. Oh sure, yeah. I think as I think as churches are larger in number of people mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning, uh, the attitude gets um, shifted and dominated by um, viewing the church as something that provides you know spiritual goods and services that right it, that it replicates uh, what we see in culture of other kinds of larger uh, institutional situations that are based on transaction and commerce right. and so you as someone comes into the church you're looking for uh, some kind of goods or services mm-hmm. that um, you know are predominantly spiritual in nature so mm-hmm. i mean you're in you're in the right space yeah. sort of but you're you're accessing it in the wrong way um uh-huh. you know you're not just receiving something you're also uh this is a reciprocal kind of relationship that your presence uh, in a sense only makes what you perceive as the goods and services that you are receiving possible right and that um your part in that only grows and increases as you stick around it doesn't simply you don't continue to just uh, receive, and in fact, you your thought is reoriented about mm-hmm. what it even means to have a good or service, mm-hmm. you know, right? In, in, right. In terms of that, a goods or a service, you know, right? It, yeah. it moves from receiving to giving. Well, sure, but I think it I think it even moves beyond that to see spirituality not as an object or a thing that you. Uh, can either receive or give, mm-hmm. but it's something that you live in. It's it's a, it's a way of being, mm-hmm. which is which is different than making it uh, a subject object kind of relationship where mm-hmm. I control this. I either give it or I receive it. No, you are in it. Live it. Yeah, yeah you are yeah. in it, and that's a different kind of a it's a different kind of perspective that is hard. I think for 21st century Americans to remove themselves from Absolutely. because our entire uh, culture government structure is based on a lot of transactional kinds of relationships where Mm -hmm. we are subjects who act upon objects, whether they're goods, services, um, representatives, whatever, you know, it's just a different kind of, absolutely kind of a thing. Absolutely. And so the church is just much bigger than, than any of us, I think, give it credit for, um, and uh, I, you know, I, I think we are going to continue to this discussion um, throughout the month of May, mm-hmm. as we talk about the church in various forms. And I'm really glad about that because there's, oh, there's so much more to say. Right. Um, and uh, and so I, I look forward to continuing that conversation. Yeah. And next week is uh, the church as uh, parent. Is parent, that mentor, mm-hmm. guardian, guide. Right. So yeah. So we'll be addressing that from from that perspective uh, next week as well. So So please give your comments um, because we really, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is certainly a subject in which um, you can weigh in and we'd love to answer questions or be in conversation with you. Exactly. And if you do have questions uh, or comments, you can uh, add that to the discussion by going and following the link in the Calvary app. Or if you're listening on the web, 
Uh, You'll find comments at the bottom of the page, or if you're in a podcast app, you can head over to connectwithcalvary.org to do that as well. And like we said before, we'll be back next week with a deeper dive into the church's parent, guardian, mentor, guide, etc. So until then, grace and peace.